the theme for the meeting um, is the father and his son. First John chapter chapter one. Thank you, Father. It says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. And that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Praise God. And these things write we unto you so that your joy may be what? That your joy may be full. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Uh, this fellowship with the Father and with his son here uh, is, you know, we've been looking at that fellowship for some time and uh, gone far. I mean, those who have been familiar with daddy's teachings, uh, we know that um, this fellowship here is, is a higher fellowship. It's not just maybe just praying, you know, when you say, we are going to fellowship with God, and then you pray, speak in tongues um, by the Spirit. Um, this fellowship is a fellowship that has to do with the, the very life of God. Praise Jesus. The very life of God himself, which God wants to share, or which he shares with his son, and which he also wants men to come into. That's a summary of what John is saying here. Right? It's just there is something we have we heard, we saw, we looked upon, we handled. It's, it's pertaining to a life. It's of the life of, of the word of life. And he said that that thing must manifested, and then we are now making effort to actually now show that thing to you. And he's saying that that thing pertains to a fellowship. It's the reason why they are bringing this wisdom, this knowledge, is for a fellowship with the Father. Praise God. And I'll say, why is this so important? Why is it so important to have a theme around it and to have a season around this um, kind of fellowship? It's because of, say, primarily because of the kind of emphasis that Jesus put, Jesus put an emphasis on something, it's an emphasis of the life which the, his father has. 
right? You saw that in John chapter 3. He kept speaking about that, right? In verse 16, he said that, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever believeth in him should not what, perish, but have what, everlasting what, life. John 3, verse 16, it says, for God so loved the world, you see, that's 16, the last verse of chapter 3 of John says that the father did what? Love the son, and then has done what? Giving all things into his hand. And when you read the book of John, you see that theme all over. That is as if Jesus came on the scene. And, he, and that was part of what made the Pharisees almost angry at him. Is that he just began to speak about relationship. Just a, a particular relationship. Just the relationship between God, who is his father. You know, he didn't just speak of God as his God a lot of times. He, he was specific about the relationship which he had with God. He said he was kept calling God his father. And that was why they got angry. Why is he calling God his father? Because that wasn't a normal thing for the Jews. Praise Jesus. So there was an emphasis on that concept, that idea. And that's why Jesus began to speak about it and began to embody it. The concept of God being a father to men. Praise Jesus. See, it's easy to look at that. Maybe when you read the Gospels, it's just a trivial thing. We are born again. God is our father. But... When you now begin to go into the epistles like John, and John now begins, they now begin to speak concerning that kind of relationship. That there are actually things in there that is specific. It's not just something that you come by anyhow. There's actually doctrine. There's actually a word. There's actually a kind of declaration that must happen to the soul to bring the soul into that kind of a place where you can call God your father. Praise Jesus. And maybe that was the mistake of the Jews. Maybe they thought Jesus was just a very, very zealous fellow who just, out of his zeal, moved into blasphemy and just began to call God his father. But they didn't realize that those statements were not ordinary statements, that those statements were statements that came out of dealings of his life. Jesus would say, the father loved the son. And then the, son, the father showed the son the things which he himself do it. What a statement. Do you see that? Now, do you know the things which God himself do it? You ask me, what does God do? He's a miracle walking God. Okay. What are the miracles? Sir? Eyes of the blind. And then water to wine. Those are the scripture ones. What are your own? You say, ah, he gave me a job. He gave me, what? Our things. When you check everything you know about the God, the Father, they are our things, mostly. Praise God. But Jesus said, the things which he himself do, does he go to work? Does he do jobs? Does he... You know, it's about that when you take our things away, we don't know too much about him. We don't, there's not much left. So what are the things, before he created the earth, material things, things that we've created jobs around activities around before those things were made what are the things which he himself was doing those are the things that jesus began to speak of praise jesus so this thing of fatherhood you see even when um john same john in his gospel chapter one when he was speaking he said in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god 
The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not what? Anything made. He was speaking concerning the beginning. He spoke about creation and all of that. Then he said in him was life. That that life became what? The, the light, the, the understanding, the comprehension of men. He continued and later he said he was made flesh. That same word that was life. Made flesh. Dwelt among us. Beheld his glory as of. So when the word became flesh, there's a glory which the word which became flesh began to emanate. Is a is a kind, is a pattern of glory. Is a is a particular kind of showing, is a kind of an exposition, is a kind of a demonstration trying to highlight something that the glory, the shape of the glory, if I can use that word, was the shape of glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Do you see that? So it means then that God, when God sent the word down, he made that that word should be embodied as a son to him. Praise Jesus. You know, there are all kinds of relationships that you can have with a person. Like angels have their own. They have their own kinds of functions in their various stratas. There are some they call walks. There are thrones. There are dominions. There are seraphims. There are cher- cherubims and all kinds of angels. So it means that God wasn't, it's not a shortage of function. But the, this glory as of the only begotten is speaking about how does God want himself to be manifest to men. And we know that, that manifestation is also a kind of a calling. Yes. Do you see that? Yes. It's a kind of a calling. It's like, it's like, let me manifest in this way. So that by that manifestation, you can have an entrance. Are you seeing that? So that the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, then full of grace. And the next verse began to say of that John bear witness of him and cried, saying it was of him of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Praise God. And verse 16 now says that, And of his fullness have we what? All received what? Grace and grace for grace. Praise Jesus. So this grace and grace is of his fullness. You see that? The grace that should come to you from God is a grace... That is of a fullness that is of a shape. Do you see that? Of a glory. And is the grace that is from the manifestation or the things, the ministry that surrounds the manifestation of Jesus as the son of God. So you say that every grace that you receive is pointing somewhere. Praise Jesus. It's to bring man to that relationship. Glory to God. Now I'm speaking to maybe a wide array of people. right? So I don't want to assume that everybody has the foundational understanding, the word of righteousness and all of that. Um, so when we're speaking of father and son, you know, it's easy to assume that, okay, we are all Christians. Are we not all sons of God? Are we not all children of God? Praise God. 
um, when you go into the scripture, you realize that when you say father, son, those kind of words, those words are almost like functional words, right? They describe kind of a function. Just be, in the physical, you can say it's biological. But even in the physical, father and son don't only have biological meaning. It also has a functional aspect. Do you see? So sometimes when we think spiritually, we only think about it in terms of, okay, God has given birth to me, that's it. But did your father give birth to you and leave you? It's about that aspect of just giving offspring. It's easy. That's the easy one. But not every person who gave their seed to bring forth a child is worthy of being called a father. Because fatherhood involves many things. It involves development. involves training. involves raising. Are you seeing that? So when you bring that aspect into the spirit and bring it into the scripture, you now realize that the fatherhood of God is more than just you getting born again. That God must finish everything that has to do with fatherhood to the soul. So it means that if you are, you are a child of God and you don't behave like God, you don't think like him, you have no clue about the things which he himself doeth. It means that you have not been fathered by God. Praise Jesus. So you see in this concept of father and son we're looking at, that's what we're talking about now. We're talking about the the developmental aspect, the training aspect, the raising aspect. And that's what Jesus was concerned. That's the purpose of grace. Grace is the ability for development. Praise God. Grace is what? Is the ability, is the power to raise, to develop. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Then in this place, he now said that he came unto his, he came into the world, the world, the world verse is that the world, the world knew him not. He came to his own, his own received him not. So who, who was coming now is this being who came in the glory as of the only begotten, right? He came, so when he's saying the world knew him not, came to his own, his own received him not. That his own who received him not, Christians can be in, among those people. Just change the cap with which you are seeing it. Right, sir? If you are thinking about it in terms of him as the begotten son. So Jesus can come to you as the crusade ground Jesus and you receive him. But he hasn't come as the only begotten. You've not seen him as the only begotten. Or you might have been, you might, he might have appeared in a measure or you might have rejected that aspect. Praise Jesus. So who he calls his own, you can say, okay, these are the Jews. You can say it that way. But you can also add Christians. That Christians who are his own, he can come to them as the only begotten with his glory, with his fullness of grace and all of that for to give grace you and his own can also receive him not. But he said, but as many as received 
him in that capacity. So I got born again. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Is that this not what we are talking about? We are speaking about him because you, you see the same sense added to that John, first John chapter one, that which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, that which, that which of the word of life, of the word of life. It's not the message of give your, repent and give your life to Christ. It's of the word of life that, that was made flesh and dwelt among us and will be held his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Praise God. And he said that, but as many as receive him in that capacity, then he gave them power to become what? Sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Glory to Jesus. So that first John we're reading is now teaching about this, this, this power to become the sons of God. That the power, no one can lay hands on you to become the son of God. The way you can lay hands on your son and say, son, grow now and know everything about my business. So you can go and resume work on Monday. <laughs> we know that when it comes to this father's business, Jesus started it from 12, around 12. That was the first time we heard the voice in his mouth. Say, I must be about my father's business. Those business led into a revelation of the things which he himself do it. Those are the, the business of the father. The business of the father is not evangelism. It's not building church. It's not being a minister. It's not getting people to heaven. It's not getting you to heaven. Do you understand what I mean? You can be a devil's child in your soul and go to heaven. And the only reason why you might not be doing devil's things there is because devil is not around there. If suddenly devil shows up there, you might obey him. You understand? So that's the way God sees. God sees in that kind of way. It's not just God doesn't, 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 we are the ones who think in terms of title. Christianity, I'm a Christian. You know the title, I'm a part of it. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. God doesn't think that. God is too deep. He's too vast. When he sees you, he doesn't see the name your father gave you. He doesn't see the things around you. He's looking just purely at the soul. And when God sees a soul, he knows the capacity of that soul. Can this, does this soul have anything that has to do with me in it? Whether you are on earth, you are in heaven, that's not his concern. Wherever you are, do you understand what I mean? Praise Jesus. So that's the th this thing about fatherhood. Glory to God. So in, in that first John, quickly, um, I don't want to take too much time so that Pastor Tayo can just have enough time to bless us today. Uh, first jo back to first John, chapter 1. Thank you, Father. Sorry, I have a new Bible, so you turn page. <laughs> I have to apply some. Uh, glory to God. <laughs> so let's read this first John again. Um, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have um, looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you 
that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. It was with the Father, was manifested. Now, this us, they are the people who, are, who have this thing. Those who heard, who saw, who looked upon, and who have handled. They are the, those who have been given the message by praise God. Now, you see that that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you that you also may have what? Fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus. And verse 4 now says, These things we write unto you so that you would, your joy may be full. Now, one of the things that we saw while we were praying along these lines was that there is a link between 1 verse 5. It says, verse 5 says, This then is the message we've heard of him and declare unto God is light, and in him is no word, darkness at all. But before that, if you go to verse 3, it says, That which we have, de- we have heard declare we to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. You see that? We are declaring to you, so you can have fellowship with us. Verse 4 says, We write to you that your joy may be full. So, of course, the declaration is their writing, or you can say the writing is the method of their declaration. So, and they're writing that your joy may be full. They are declaring that you might have fellowship with us. So, it's just it's put together like in mathematics. You now see fullness of joy brings you into, you into fellowship with them. Are you seeing that? Fullness of joy brings you into what? Fellowship with them. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, this joy is not just happiness. It's not being excited. It's not... It's not the joy of your emotions, right? It is, there's something called joy in the spirit. If a natural man who is a child of the devil, whose spirit man is dead, can experience what he calls joy and is happy, wow, I am joyful. But like many other things, there's a metaphorical aspect to things that first in the physical, which we but there is also a real aspect, which is as it is in God. Do you understand? So, that, so there's something called be a property. The soul becomes full of joy. That joy becomes a what? A, a, a power. You can call it power. Well, I'm just seeing that that power to become sons as a kind of joyful equipment of the soul to break the soul into fellowship of the life of God. So, it's talking, to, to enter that fellowship, you need to come into the joy of the things that are written. Tell somebody, come into the joy of the things that are in summary, now, while we were praying, what the Lord was now showing us was how, you know, before you become, you come into the fellowship with the Father and the Son, there are some things about that fellowship. Number one, we saw then that God himself is the Father of Spirit. In 12, right? That if yourself to fathers of your flesh, that you have you know, much more be subject to the Father of Spirit and leave.
no variableness, no shadow of turning. Praise Jesus. So you see, one is father of light, father of spirit. It means the fellowship of that father is a fellowship of spirit, fellowship of light. Right? It means that those who he fathers are spirits. <laughs> That's, they are spirit. So it means there is a nature. We're not talking about your spirit, man. Your soul, as daddy has taught us, right? Everything daddy has taught us, all these things. Praise Jesus. That is talking about a soul that has become something they call spirit. Spirit in terms of its function, its life, its, its image, its make, its configuration. That's what God fathers. But how can a man become spirit? There has to be a journey for a man. It just has, there has to be a journey that takes a man who might just be flesh, carnal, grass, or what have you. Amen. To become spirit. That, that what bridges the gap between a flesh, a grass, and that nature called spirit is a, also a nature called spiritual. Do you see that? So, spiritual nature is the is almost like the ramp up. So, when you are becoming spiritual, you're not becoming spiritual for nothing. You're becoming spiritual so you can be a son. So you can partake of a fellowship of, of the father of spirits. And we know that the spiritual man is Christ. That's the image of Christ. So it means that learning of Christ... Is the heaving up of joys. This joy is manifested in the scripture. We saw these things in different ways. In the, the, the way you the, the measure joy or, or joy manifests scripturally is music, song. <laughs> now we, that happens is physical also. But when you go into the spirit, it means that there's also something called song in the spirit, which is spiritual, which has to do with the, like if you ask these guys to play a song now, they begin to play a song. Song is a, there is a code behind it. There is a law behind it. It has a key. It has a progression. It has melody. And as long as you are playing that song, you must follow that rhythm. If you take a break, everybody will know. That you can't decide to play another chord. Do you understand what I mean? So there is something about the spiritual nature. That's just, there's a kind of a burden in my heart. What I'm saying is, is that, first of all, because we are different places. Some of us are just babies. Many of us are still trying to learn Christ. You know what I mean? But, so this theme, don't be afraid. It's not that ah, we are going to talk about all of God's life. No, it's just, we're just trying to say that we're going to look at it by God's grace through everything. Through the whole spectrum. You understand what I mean? That thing of being spiritual, to many of us, has not been well defined. Because religion has done a lot against spirituality. Many of the outward you know, rituals and things that we do, praise God, those laws of carnal commandments and all of those things. But, but spirituality is an upward journey of the soul that is according to the rhythm of a life. That is defined in the spirit. Are you getting me? So when you are learning the Bible, that which is written, they are bringing 
they are teaching you almost like the lyrics of a song, the melody of a song. Are you seeing that? You know, a song doesn't only have precept. You can write out a song in a sheet, write out the lyrics. But the song has a way. When you want to learn the way of the song, tell them to play it. The way of the song is the spirit of the song. Do you see that? The spiritual nature has its ways. Those things, that's what we came to learn in the school of the spirit. Is to, to interpret and to give us the, the mystery. To understand the mystery. To break into and settle into the spiritual life. Praise God. And as God helps us, we know one day we will ascend. Amen. And we will come to that place where we can begin to fellowship. Amen. Even with the Father and with his Son. Glory to God. Just if, you are, just if you want to take something from, to, from this, just trust the Lord throughout this meeting. Lord, interpret the spiritual nature. And if you are at a place where you have journeyed so far in the spirit, where you are beginning to knock on the door of the, the life of God and of the Father, ask the Lord, Lord, teach me, Father of spirit, show me the life of spirit. Show me the way of spirit. Show me the song of spirit. Teach me. Help my heart. The secret code on how to, of how to walk in the spirit. Unveil it to me. All the aspects of the spiritual life that are veiled by my nature, my carnality, my, my, my nurture, my, my genes and all of those things. Break them. Demystify them. Let your grace come in this meeting. Open up the door. Every lies of Satan that has shrouded and covered the hope of the spiritual nature. Take them away. Unveil them. Let your spirit come. The spirit of truth bring light. Let and there be an entrance of your word into my heart in this season to define everything about the spiritual nature and the divine nature. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. You will visit us in this week. Doors will be opened. Blindness will be healed. You will open up channels in our heart. You will break veils, veils of religion, veils of false morality, veils that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. You will tear those apart. You will bring utterance. You will bring grace to your ministers. You will make the sword of their lips sharp and heavy upon our hearts. Thank you, our Father. We give glory to your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.